Welcome to Kingdom Perspective Broadcast, the teaching ministry of Dr. David Ogaga. We believe that this message is going to open up the seals and cause you to have a deeper revelation into the Word of God that will make you see beyond the letters in the Word. Here is Dr. David. All right, hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Okay, friends, we just want to take a look at an interesting subject this afternoon, something that popped up because of a video that was sent to me. Uh, and I'm calling this a thought on the cemetery. A thought on the cemetery. All right. So a few days ago, I got a video from a friend spelling out how peaceful the cemetery is because all those occupying the cemetery are dead and cannot respond to stimuli. Meaning, whenever we are agitated, angry, and continuously feeling bad because somebody offended us, it's because our flesh is still alive. What makes us feel bad that we are not recognized by others is because of our ego. The flesh is still alive. It's that if we are truly dead to the flesh, there will be peace always all about us. And I found this to be a very profound thought. It was very, very enriching, spiritually speaking. But while watching and listening to this video, thoughts and scriptures began to well up in my heart. Now, the question is, do we really have the bodies of the dead lying still in the cemeteries? Does such thought agree with the scriptures? Is that why we assume, for instance, that the dead in the cemetery will one day rise up at the sound of the trumpet? It baffles me that the scriptures don't support this view. So I would like us to take a little bit of a journey and see what the scripture really says. First, in Jesus' statement to the Sadducees, who do not believe in the resurrection, as they queried him about a woman who got married to seven brothers, that's according to the Lord of Moses, and had no child for any, so that at the resurrection, whose wife is she going to be? This was a question put before Jesus Christ. In the book of Mark, we, we just look at it very quickly from the book of Mark. And uh, that is Mark 12, if you have your Bible with you. Mark chapter 12, and uh, I'm going to read from verse number 18. And that's where the story starts from. Uh, it is a long story anyway, 18 to 27. Alright, so I, I think we just quickly take it from verse 24. Alright. Um, okay, let me, let me take it, no problem Look at it Then some Sadducees who said there is no resurrection Came to him And they asked him saying Teacher, Moses wrote to us That if a man's, man's brother dies And leaves his wife behind And leaves two children His brother should take his wife And raise up offspring for his brother Now there were seven brothers The first took a wife And dying he left no offspring And the second took her And he died Nor did he leave any offspring and they thought likewise. So the seven had her and left no offspring. Last of all, the woman died also. Therefore, in the resurrection, when they rise, whose wife 
will she be? For all seven had her as wife. Look at our question. Let's get the answer that Jesus gave. Verse 24. Jesus answered and said to them, Are you not therefore mistaken? King James said, You err, because you do not know the scriptures nor the power of God. You err, you mistaken. Look at verse 25. For when they rise from the dead, they neither marry nor are given in marriage, but are like angels in heaven. But concerning the dead that arise, have you not read in the book of Moses, in the burning bush passage, how God spoke to him, saying, I am the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob? He is not the God of the dead, verse 27, but the God of the living. You are therefore greatly erring or mistaken. Praise the living God. Did you get that? It said, God is the God of the living. Now this statement of Jesus here is so very profound. He meant to say, none of the patriots in whatever you call death right now, is in the cemetery, awaiting resurrection day, as we have commonly believed. He said he is not a God of the dead, but of the living. Meaning they are all alive in the spirit realm. Is that correct? That's what he said. Except we're saying Jesus never meant what he said or he didn't understand what he was trying to say. But he said, that was Exodus 3, remember? When Moses saw the burning bush. Is that okay? Right. And he turned and he looked around and said, I'm the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Right? That's what he told Moses. Now Jesus is quoting and he said, he is not a God of the dead, the God of the living. What is that supposed to mean? It simply means Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, they are alive, they are not dead. Because God does not father dead people. It's a God to the living. Hallelujah. Now, for Jesus, to think otherwise means not knowing the scriptures and be in error or mistaken. We mistake or we are in error when we think that Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, they are dead and in the cemetery. Awaiting one day that the trumpet will sound and the command of the serpent. Now, that to us, to the world of Paul, to the Hebrew, this statement of Jesus takes us right away to the word of Paul, to the Hebrew people, the Hebrew believers. And so, if you look at the book of uh, um, the book of Hebrew, chapter 11, very interesting. Hebrews chapter 11, and that's what it says. In the book of Hebrews 11, and if you look, look at the last verse, or let's say 3, that is 39 and 40. Hebrews 11, 39 and 40. It said, And these all, having obtained a good report through faith, received not the promise. Verse 40, God have provided some better things for us, that they without us should not be made perfect. Who are these they? All these, who are these they? It's referring to the people in Hebrews chapter 11, all through, which has to do with the heroes of faith. The likes of Abraham, Sarah, Gideon, Samson, Barak, just name it, Deborah, all of these people, the scripture referred to them as the heroes of faith. And that's the catalog of Hebrews chapter 11. Is that okay? Is that all these people, having received a good report, never received the promise. 
But that day without us should not be made perfect, complete, come to maturity. Hallelujah. Now, you just move on right quick to the book of Hebrews, chapter 12. And then um, you take a look at that. Hebrews 12. From Hebrews chapter 11, we just move on to Hebrews chapter 12. Now look at this one. Therefore, we also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the same which so easily betrays us, and let us run with patience or endurance the race that is set before us. Can you get something here? We compass about, we're surrounded about with a great cloud of witnesses. What is that supposed to mean? Who are these cloud of witnesses? Is talking about the saints of old again, the same people you read about in Hebrew chapter 11. That's why he used the word therefore. So it's a continuation of what he discussed in Hebrew chapter 11. The heroes of faith. So that heroes of faith, those heroes of faith, he referred to in Hebrews now chapter 12, verse number 1, as cloud of witnesses. Are you saying that? So all these cloud of witnesses are the saints of old. And here he's saying that they are alive and watching us run the race of the Christian faith. Saying that we do, we could do most of what we couldn't do. I mean, they couldn't do because we have the Spirit of Christ indwelling that they never had. What am I saying? They're watching us. They're seeing us run this race. They're seeing us do things that. Ordinarily, they could not do because then they never have the spirit. They never have the spirit indwelling in them. In fact, Scripture says that they without us cannot be made perfect. They have the promise, but they never got a promise. Look at the thirty-nine again of Hebrews chapter eleven. And all these, having obtained a good testimony through faith, did not receive the promise. Was the promise? Christ was the promise. God having provided some better things for us that they should not be made perfect apart from us. That is. Jointly, we are to be made perfect together. Can you get that? And so, when you move on to verse 22 to 24 of the same book of Hebrews, what are you going to read? They said, But now ye are come unto Mount Zion, and unto the seat of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem, and to an innumerable company of angels. To the general assembly and church of the firstborn, which are written in heaven, and to God the judge of all, and to the spirit of judgment made perfect, and to Jesus, the mediator of the new covenant, and to the blood of sprinkling, that speaketh better things than that of Abel. I mean, can you think about the categories of people that the Bible is saying we've come to be in fellowship with? Hallelujah. It talks about the spirit of judgment made perfect. It talks about angel. It talks about a name be written in heaven, the book of life. And above all, it talks about verse 22 there, which is key. The Mount Zion, which is actually the church, is called the city of the living God. So you don't die to go to the city. You're born into the city. You don't rapture to go into the city. You are born into the city. Hallelujah. Can you get this? So, here we see that we are all together in the realm of life. 
I mean, the sense of, oh, the spirit of just men made perfect. We are all together in a realm of life, Roman Zion, which speaks of the church of the living God, with angelic beings all in attendance. Meaning, what we call the church is made of a bold and departed saints of God, and those of us are alive right now. Did you get that? We are all together in one place. Now, this is why the scripture says, in 1 Corinthians 15 verse 40, There are also celestial bodies, and bodies select terrestrial. But the glory of the celestial is one, and the glory of the terrestrial is another. What is that supposed to mean? It means the saints of old are in the celestial body, while we who are physically alive are in a terrestrial body. Yet we are made of the body of Christ, which is called the church. Can you get this? Hallelujah. That is why you read, you see, Paul was making a statement. In Philippians 1 verse 23, Paul said, For I am in a strait between two between two, having a desire to depart and to be with Christ, which is better. Having a desire to depart and to be with Christ, which is far better. He didn't say he was going to get out of this life and remain in the cemetery until one day. He said he wants to depart and to be. Oh, glory. You need to get this. I leave one realm and I move on to the other realm. And I'm in fellowship. Fellowship continues. To depart and to be. He didn't say, oh, I'm going to die now. And then I'm going to be in the cemetery and wait until well. When the trumpet sounds and all of us are going to wake up. And they go to heaven. That is not what Paul said here. He said, I'm having a difficulty to decide what to do. Should I move on into the spirit dimension or remain for your sake? But finally in verse 24, he chose to remain for the sake of the people. Meaning here... There was no waiting ground, no middle ground. He never said he was going to be in the cemetery till the resurrection day, but to be with the Lord. Why? Ecclesiastes 12 answered that question. Verse number 7. Why did he say so? Why is this so? Because when a man dies, then shall the dust return to the earth, as it was, and the spirit shall return unto God. Who gave it? Did you get that? The spirit shall return unto God who gave it. So when he said, I wish I would depart from the flesh and to be with the Lord, his spirit moves on, leaving the carcasses or the death of behind. It's of no use when a man dies. You must go back to humans. You are taken from the ground. So you're going back to the ground, to the earth. Are you there? That's why Jesus said, Into the hand I commend my spirit. Remember that? When he was to give up the ghost on the cross, he simply prayed a simple prayer. Into the hand I commend my spirit. Now, there is something very interesting about this issue of resurrection body. And Paul again says something very striking in 1 Corinthians 15, 34 to 35. Let me just take a read. A reading from the Living Bible. The Living Bible. Let me take a reading there. This is what it says. But someone may ask, how will the dead be raised? 
What kind of bodies will they have? What a foolish question. When you put a seed into the ground, it doesn't grow into a plant unless it dies first. Verse 37. And what you put in the ground is not a plant that will grow. But only a bare seed of wheat or whatever you are planting. Then God gave it the new body he wants it to have. Listen to me. God gave that seed the kind of body that God wants the body to have. And he said, a different plant grows from each kind of seed. Hallelujah. Verse 14 says, There are also bodies in the heavens and bodies on the earth. The glory of the heavenly bodies is different from the glory of the earthly bodies. Can you see that? Praise the living God. Therefore, according to 1 Corinthians 15 verse 42 to 44, so also is the resurrection of the dead. Remember the analogy you just gave, you plant a seed, that is not what you have invest. You have something completely different from the seed that you just planted. God gave the seed a kind of body that is suitable for that seed that you have planted. So, also is the resurrection of the dead. It is sown in corruption. It is raised in corruption. It is sown in dishonor. It is raised in honor, in glory. It is sown in witness. It is raised in power. Then 44. It is sown in natural body. It is raised in spiritual body. There is a natural body and there is a spiritual body. Praise God. First Corinthians 15, 42 to 44. Is that okay? There is a natural body and there is a spiritual body. Understand it. So when a seed dies, or you put a seed on the ground, it dies. That is not what you're going to harvest. And God is not picking that seed anymore. He's taking the seed that the kind of body, I mean, that, 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 that seed is needful for, to clothe that seed, and that is what God harvests. So God harvests a glorified body, not a corruptible body, the one you sow. With the one you bury in the cemetery. Hallelujah. And it is this kind of heavenly glorified body that Moses and Elijah came up with to speak with Jesus concerning his death on the cross on the Mount of Transfiguration. Matthew 17, 1 to 5. You remember the story? How glory. Moses and Elijah appeared and they discussed about the disease. They were talking about his death. Remember that? What kind of body would they come up with? Think about that. That's a glorified body. Not the body with which they were buried, if you will. Now, let me give you an account here. In the book of, uh, in the book of Matthew chapter 27, i just give you a simple illustration here. When Jesus gave up the ghost. Right? And then the Bible says, verse 49, Matthew 27. Okay, let me take from verse 7. Some of those who stood there when he said, my God, my God, why have that forsaken me? Verse 26. Now, I mean, 46. Now, 47 said, Some of those who stood there when they heard that said, This man is calling for Elijah. Immediately one of them ran and took a sponge, filled it with salt vinegar, and put it on a reed, and offered it to him to drink. The rest said, Let him alone. Let us see if Elijah will come to save him. Verse 50. And Jesus cried out again with a loud voice and yielded up his spirit. 
Then, behold, the veil of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom, and the earth quaked, and the rocks were split. And that's 52, most important. And the graves were opened. Many bodies of the saints who had fallen asleep, that's who were dead, were raised. And coming out of the graves, after his resurrection, note that, after his resurrection, they went into the holy city and appeared to many. Praise God. I want you to know this. Now verse 52 is a fulfillment of Isaiah 26 and verse number 19. If you find time to read that. Isaiah 26 verse number 19 made a very strong statement which was fulfilled when Jesus died. Look at it. And he said, Your dead body shall live together with my body. They shall arise, awake and sing, you who dwell in dust. For your dew is like the dew of hearts. And the earth shall cast out the dead. Can you see that? Praise God. Praise God. This is now what is being fulfilled in Mighty 27 and verse 51. And 52 to 53. But 52 in particular. And the grave to open. Many of the bodies of the saints who had fallen asleep were raised. And coming out of the graves after his resurrection, they went into the holy city and appeared to many. Praise God. What holy city? Okay, they went to physical Jerusalem. No problem about that. Why is it that they are no longer there? Because they came up in a spirit body. The Bible said they came after his resurrection. What that means is they were raised from the grave, exactly the kind of body with which he rose. When he came from the grave, he came with the body of glory, the type that you cannot destroy, the type that can walk through walls, the type, remember, in, in, in Luke 20, 20, I mean, Luke 24, the doors were shut, okay, and then he walked in there when he rose from the grave, and the disciple thought, he was a ghost and he said, no, I'm not a ghost. You just touch the nail print and touch my side and see that I am here. I'm not a ghost. For a ghost have no flesh and bones. Not flesh and blood. Flesh and bones. He was having flesh and bones, not flesh and blood. The type you and I are having. And this is the kind of body that the saints of old rose from the grave with. That's what the Bible says, after his manner. Of resurrection. Praise the living God. Now you see, in this celestial realm that they are, the celestial realm, they can see us, but we can see them. They are the realm of spirit, they are all around us. The whole atmosphere, people of God, is composed about with activities you don't know. It's just like you tune in your radio frequency, you pick up signals in the air. And even as you are sitting there, you might be thinking the atmosphere is calm. It's not calm. There are vibrations. There are signals going around. You tune in your radio. You pick up a signal. You pick up the station. You begin to get voices coming to you. The whole wall around you is full of activities. Spiritual activities going on. The saints of old, they are all around us. When we come to church in fellowship, they are all fellowshipping with us. They are beholding our fellowship. How? In a glorified body. They are in a celestial body. We are in a terrestrial body. We are inhabiting right now. And it, I mean corruptible body. They are incorruptible body. 
They can see us, we can see them. You know the story of Elijah and, and the servant, I mean Elisha? When he prayed, God opened his eyes and the Bible tells us that uh, then, I mean, the, the servant's eyes were opened and he could find that there were a lot of angels all around Elijah. Like a wall of fire. Have you read, I, mean, I mean, have you read that? That's what we're talking about. We don't see them, but they see us. Praise the living God. And so to attain to this body of glory without the grave is what immortality is all about. Amen? So to think that there are some people in the cemetery at this moment awaiting the sound of the trumpet for the resurrection of the saint to come up and fly up into the air, Jesus said that is an error. Oh, glory. He said it's an error. To imagine that one day a trumpet will sound and everyone will come out of the cemetery. It's not scripturally based. It's such an error, like in the word of Jesus, not knowing the scriptures and the power of God. For the words of Jesus, God is not a God of the dead, but of the living. Resurrection is not about rapture, but a translation into a glorified body. Praise God. That's what we're waiting for. That's what we're talking about. That's what God has ordained. We're not talking about flying away. No, no, no. Not flying away, but putting on the glorified body. Maybe I can show you what that stands for. Look at Paul was saying this. In fact, he had, he had so much of this thought in his mind. And this was part of the mark of the high calling that he was talking about. That he wanted to attain to. So, if you look at the book of 1 Corinthians, I mean 2 Corinthians chapter 5. He, 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 he has to say this. Look at what he said here. 2 Corinthians chapter 5 verse number 1. For we know that if our earthly house, this tent, is dissolved. Or destroyed. We have a building from heaven, a house not made with hands, eternal in the heavens. For in this we groan earnestly, desiring to be clothed with our habitation, which is from heaven. If indeed, having been clothed, we shall not be found naked. For we are in this tent, groaning, being burning, not because we want to be unclothed, but for the clothed, that mortality might be swallowed up. By life. Praise God. Did you get that? So that, that house from heaven is called the glorified body. That is the immortality we're talking about. That is the house from the Father. Praise the living God. And that is what we're waiting for. That is what we're talking about. So, not to attain to it through death. In other words, you can attain to this either by way of death and then you move on. Like Paul was saying in Philippians 1.23 or you picked up into glory without passing through the grave. Praise the living God. So, if you don't pass through the grave, doesn't mean you are out of into the atmosphere. No, you just move on into the spirit dimension. Praise the living God. Friend, once again, I repeat what Jesus said. If your thinking is that you wait in the cemetery to be picked up one day, then of course you made the whole understanding of what resurrection is all about. Jesus said in the resurrection, Deny them are not giving the married, they are like angels. Amen. And he told Moses, I am the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. God is not the God of the dead, but the God of the living. So Isaac, Abraham, Isaac, and, and Jacob, they are all alive right now in the spirit dimension. They are not waiting anywhere in the cemetery. Your father is not in the cemetery. Your mother is not in the cemetery. None of them is in the cemetery. Nobody is in the cemetery. Right from where Jesus died, everybody came out of the cemetery. Nobody is there. Praise God, somebody. I don't know if I've helped you. This is a thought on the cemetery. 
God is being glorified. Praise the living God. I'll see you again. Thank you for listening to Dr. David Ogaga. We know you have been blessed by this station. You can share this message with your friends and loved ones. For more information, inquiries, and free downloads, please visit www.davidogaga.org or you can send us an email admin at gkai.net. God bless you.